exactly where you are, devil. And I know exactly what you're trying to do. But not only do we need to know God, and not only do we need to know the devil, we need to know the lost. We need to understand our lost generation. If we can understand them, we can win them. If we can know what they're thinking, if we can know how they're feeling, if we can know what's in their hearts, then we can reach them for the Lord in these final hours. The greatest tragedy that could come would be for the Pentecostal church with this message of truth to lose touch and lose the ability to relate and communicate our message to a lost generation. I'm glad we know it, but we've got to be able to tell it in a manner that they comprehend what we're talking about and we'll receive it. The devil has changed his tactics through the years to fight the church. And you might as well underscore it, underline it, and let's just let it be known. His major objective is to keep this church from the lost. You haven't really upset the devil when you shout. And you really haven't upset the devil when you kick the furniture over. And you really haven't touched the kingdom of Satan when you have demonstrations and displays of God's Spirit. But if you want to get near the devil, start reaching the lost. Amen. So he wants to keep us away from the lost. I want you Pentecostals with me today to reconsider the pitiful plight of the lost. It is the diabolical plot of the enemy to cause us to misunderstand our generation. I believe our world is hungrier for Jesus Christ today than it has ever been. I believe our world is ready for our message more than they have ever been ready for our message. Don't come around me telling me they don't want it. Don't come around me telling me that they don't want to hear it. I want you to know they're ready for it. And they are looking for it. And they want to hear it. I want to expose to you today Satan's scheme for dooming our generation. But because we understand him, it's not going to work. It's foiled. It will not accomplish what he wants it to accomplish. Would you consider with me momentarily the awful position that a sinner stands in in this hour? What kind of a chance in 1985 does Mr. John Doe Sinner have? If you'd stop to think about it, I would hate to stand today in the shoes of a lost man that knew he was lost, that knew he was hungry, that knew he needed something, but he had absolutely no knowledge of the truth. He had no direction as to where to go. He had no idea who was right and who was wrong, which church he ought to affiliate with, and which way he should go. I'd hate to be a lost sinner in 1985. And I would like to reveal to you just now, you can praise God for the truth, and rightly so. Amen? You can praise God for His miracle power, and deliverance, and healing, and salvation. But to me, the greatest miracle of Noah and the ark was not that God could talk to Noah. It was not 
that Noah could build the ark. But the greatest miracle to me is, how in the world did the animals get to the ark? When you think about it, it had to be an absolute supernatural directive of the Spirit of God to the animal kingdom. I want you to know today the greatest miracle God ever did for you is when you recognized you were hungry and you recognized you were lost. Something got a hold of your life. It led you around the Three God Church. It led you around the Universal Church. It led you around the bunch that meets only on Saturday. It led you around the bunch that believes you got to be a part of a certain number. And somehow you walk through the doors of a place where God's only plan of salvation was praying. It was a miracle that you got there. It was a miracle that you ended up in a church that indeed preaches the message of truth. I would like for us for just a moment to look through the eyes of the lost. And in a moment, in one statement, I will expose the scheme of Satan to destroy our generation. Look through the eyes of a lost person in 85. There are so many rip-offs in religion. There are so many con artists in religion. There are so many fakes in religion. There are so many backsliders. There are so many hypocrites. There are so many shysters. There are so many mercenary prophets. There are so many electronic evangelists. Call themselves PTL. And in North Carolina, we know what that's all about. But it's become such a joke in our area that PTL doesn't stand for praise the Lord anymore. It now stands for pass the loot. Because the spokesman drives his Rolls Royce, sails in his yachts, has gold plumbing in his condominium, his wife, a Hollywood movie celebrity, looks like a circus clown, supposedly representing Jesus Christ. The great gospel singers of our hour, they now say, don't judge me, I'm just a baby Christian, I'm still taking my drugs. And I'm still singing in the devil's dens, but I have been born again. I beg of you, Pentecostal, what on earth would you think today if you were a lost sinner in 1985? Oh, you better shout while you can. It's a miracle you're under the tabernacle today. If you don't feel anything, you ought to just shout because you're here. You didn't get here by yourself. There's millions that don't know where it's at. There's masses that's never heard it. There's multitudes that's never felt it. I'm so glad God brought me to the truth. You may be seated. They go to the motion picture industry. And what do they find there? The devil is portrayed as an awesome, overpowering, ruling, conquering foe. The power. There was a time the devil was portrayed with a set of horns, a long tail, and a pitchfork. But if you'll look around, he's come out from under the cover, and he's identifying himself with what he really is, a genuine devil. They sat fearfully in the motion picture theaters, and their knees tremble, and they walk out of there feeling like, they are palms 
underneath the power of a demented devil and they are helplessly caught. They look to the government and the government says no more prayer in school. They look to education and education teaches them evolution. That man descended apart from the working of the powerful God of the ages. They visit their local psychiatrist. They have problems, feelings that they think are not right. I want to run around on my wife. I want to have a sexual relationship with that of the same sex. And the psychiatrist says, that is well and good, and you need to yield yourself to it because you are hindering your real self. And then they finally stagger into a church somewhere, and they sit on a pew feeling a great hunger for God, politics, and they hear philosophy, and they hear apologies. They spend their whole services apologizing that they don't have it anymore, that you don't do it anymore, that God can't do it anymore. And they sit there and listen to apologies. And when they get through apologizing, then they listen to assaults on the Word of God, not from the gutter, not from the alley, not from the bar stool, but from the holy, sacred desk. You say, Brother Huntley, what is the devil's scheme? The devil's scheme is to convince our generation there's no use. There's no way out. You are caught. You can't find anything different. You are hopelessly and helplessly doomed for eternity in hell. The devil's plot and plan is to convince them to give up. Don't try. It's too late. Sin's too strong. I'm too mean. Heaven is locked up. You've committed the unpardonable sin. Now, I could almost ask for a witness here today. I believe it so strongly. But preachers, ten years ago, you never had anybody to come to you out of your churches and say, I think I've blasphemed the Holy Ghost. I think I've blasphemed the Holy Ghost. What does it mean to blaspheme the Holy Ghost? But now, every so often, seemingly everywhere I go, there's somebody that confronts me. And they say, I think I blaspheme the Holy Ghost. I don't think I can be saved. And then again, I see the devil's head pop up. And I know that what I'm preaching you is the truth. He's trying to convince our generation. You're lost. You don't have a hope. You don't have a chance. You're going to hell. And there's no way out. You say, how in the world do we see so many horrible, hideous crimes being committed in 85, recently we read of how that a man and his wife roasted their baby in an oven and the neighbors smelt the stink of burning flesh and came to discover that a baby was being roasted in an oven. That's just one of the insidious, horrible crimes of 85. But I want to tell you why you're going to hear it and why you're going to hear more of it when a man is on death row. He is convinced and committed that he will soon die. He has to be put in maximum security because of self-preservation, number one. And secondly, if he's going to die anyway, what's one more murder? What's one more crime? We are in a generation that the devil has convinced them you're going to hell. I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. What is adultery now? I'm going to hell. What's fornication? I'm going to hell. What's murder? I'm going to hell. What's incest? 
I'm going to hell. And like evil Knievel, they made up their mind. They're going to live it to the hilt and then burn forever. Because the devil is trying to convince them to consign, to agree, and to covenant with hell. I'm going to hell anyway. But oh, my friends, oh, my friends, I want to preach to the preachers today. I want to challenge you, brethren. We don't need to preach this generation into hell. They've already accepted hell. Our job, our task is to preach them out of hell. Woo! I said we gotta preach them out of hell. We don't need to preach them into hell. They already accepted hell. We don't need to preach to them that they are lost. They know they're lost. We don't need to preach to them that they're sinners. They know they're sinners. It's a unique hour when we've got to preach to our generation. You don't have to go to hell. I am so happy today to be a part of a church that Jesus said, Upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Nice saying to thee, Peter. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth, it will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, it will be loosed in heaven. I'm so happy today to be a part of a movement that heaven is not Locked up to. We still have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And the reason God sent you to that key, to that city was to unlock heaven to your city. To unlock the power of God to your city. To unlock the blessings of God to your city. To unlock revival to your city. Let's clap our hands to the Lord right now, would you? Woo! There was only three times that Jesus disturbed the dark dimensions of death. The first time was the resurrection of the daughter of Jairus. The second time was the resurrection of the son of the widow of Nain. The third time was the resurrection of the most notable one, and that was Lazarus. A very simple, basic look will reveal to you what Jesus was trying to tell us. The first one had just been dead Perhaps a few hours. The second one had been dead long enough to be wrapped in grave clothes and put in a funeral procession. The third one had been dead for four days. Jesus was saying, I want you to get this lesson. If you just died or you've been dead long enough to be wrapped up, put in a casket, in a funeral procession, or if you've been dead for four days, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. The degree of death has nothing to do with the resurrection. The degree of death has nothing to do with the resurrector. I don't care how wicked this world gets, we've still got a message that'll save them. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! I said what I preach to save them. I said I believe my message will save them. I ain't going to preach for you today. I'm going to preach for me. My message will work. 
My message will work. My message will work. My gospel will work. And that sorry, slimy, slew-foot devil is trying to get an inroad into our message. For it is becoming common for folks to say that God can't save a homosexual. You better put your finger on that devil's nose. I know what you're trying to do, devil. You want us to give you the homosexual and say that God can't save him, blood won't cleanse him, spirit won't empower him, repentance won't be honored by God's forgiveness. If we give you the homosexual, it won't be long till you'll be wanting the adulterer. And it won't be long till you'll be wanting the fornicator. And it won't be long until we won't have enough faith in our gospel to save anybody. I'm telling you, I'm not giving him nobody. I'm going to preach him out of hell. I'm going to preach him out of hell. I'm going to preach my generation right out of hell. Woo! We've got a message that ain't scared of fire. Bring them devils on out to church. The blood will cleanse them. The power will change them. God will forgive them. My pastor friend, if you've got a question in your mind, what to do to have revival? I'm fixing to tell you in one word. These guys are so spiritual, they're already ahead of me. You may be a Siamese twin to Ezekiel. Sunday, look over a valley, that is full of dry bones, and I'm going to tell you point blank, whether they live is not up to them. My God didn't ask them bones if they wanted to live. He didn't ask them bones did they think they could do it. Whether they lived or whether they rotted was up to the preacher. Whether your city has revival or it rots is up to you. I didn't go to Raleigh to condemn them. I didn't go to Raleigh to put them down. I didn't go to Raleigh to be a Pharisee. I went to Raleigh to preach that city out of hell. I went there to preach them out. Woo! I'm going to preach to you today about the part of preaching in revival. God said, Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? And that's what we all come to camp wanting to find out. <laughs> Isn't that right, Pastor? Come to camp meeting. Gonna see if we can find out. 
Well enough, these bones can live. Son of man, can these bones live? He asked Ezekiel. Ezekiel's like some of us. He said, you know, they say silence is golden. Sometimes it's just flat yellow. And Ezekiel said, you know. Don't ask me. God said, Son of Man, prophesy unto these bones. Well, if y'all get me something out here to preach to, bless God, I'll give you better messages. If God gave you bones, if all God sends you is skeletons, He didn't have a choir, buddy. He didn't have a trio. He didn't have a drama. He didn't have any celebrities. He just prophesied. You know what that prophecy meant? He said, this is what's going to happen. This is what God is going to do. He's going to raise you up out of those graves. He's going to put flesh on you. He's going to give you life. You're going to be changed from bones to a battalion. Preacher, quit complaining about what you don't have and start preaching what you want to have. Start preaching what you want to have. You'll never have revival till you preach it. You'll never see miracles till you preach it. You'll never have a move of God till you preach it. Everybody shout, preach, preacher. Shout, preach, preacher. It's time for preachers to preach. Woo! I said it's time for preachers to preach. Everybody shout, preach it, preacher. Shout, preach it, preacher. Let me tell you what you need to preach. Man, I, I'm enjoying this. I'm going to tell preachers what to preach. Don't preach problems. Preach answers. Don't preach losers. Preach winners. Don't preach the devil. Preach Jesus. Don't preach down and out. Preach up and leaving. <laughs> we need to preach Jesus. Ruling, reigning, returning. Preach Him Alpha. Preach Him Omega. Preach Him Mighty God. Preach Him Everlasting Father. Preach Jesus. Preach Him lovely. Preach the devil ugly. Preach sin nasty. Preach hell hot. Preach heaven beautiful. Preach the Holy Ghost real. Preach the name all powerful. Preach the name all powerful. Preach the church victorious. Preach revival now. Preach the word pure. Preach the blood holy. Preach salvation wonderful. Come on preachers. Let's preach. Let's preach. Let's pray.
I don't need a choir. Give me my Bible. Give me some anointing. I don't need a trio. Give me my Bible. Give me some anointing. I don't need movie stars. Give me my Bible. Give me some anointing. Preach, preach, preach. You may be serious. I am so glad to be a part of the I Can Church. And the You Can Church. They visit every church in our city. And it's the Can Not Church. Y'all talk, talk in tongues over here? No, you cannot. Sick get healed here? You cannot. Worship God here? You cannot. Live victoriously? You cannot. Overcome the devil? You cannot. Expect to be raptured? You cannot. Come on over to the can church. You can't talk in tongues. You can't lay your cigarettes down. You can't get rid of your liquor bottle. You can't be freed from lust. You can't be delivered from homosexuality. You can't be made a new creature. You can't be happy. You can't go to heaven. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And when he stood up to read, what happened? And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And they delivered unto him. Stop right there. And they delivered unto him the book. The Bible said when he got to church... They gave him the book. Now that don't mean a whole lot. Unless you know where he came from to get to church. <laughs> Just before he came to church, brother, he had 40 days of the devil stinking breath in his face. He had 40 days of wondering, fighting, Clawing, scratching, hungry, tempted, dried. But when he staggered into the church, they gave him the book. Preachers, when our folks come staggering into the church, been smelling devil breath all week, listening to dirty jokes, Turning their heads, ridiculed, balked, persecuted, wilderness, wilderness. Don't give them a nursery rhyme. Give them the book. Woo! Don't give them a belly aching. Don't give them a moaning. Don't give them a griping. Don't give them a groaning. Give them the book. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the, overcometh the world. Hallelujah. Give them the book. I mean, his saints will stand up today and shout, Pastor, give me the book. Famine of hearing, unless there's a famine of telling. That's right. 
All right, there. We'll, we'll come back to you. I'm out. Intermission. Somebody said, oh, my God. I don't know about our whole list in Oh, God. I'm afraid we're going to compromise. Oh, God, I'm afraid the world's going to take the church over. Not as long as the preachers preach. It'll never happen. Now listen to me. Hallelujah. I ain't the oldest thing in the world. And I'm certainly not the smartest. But I've been around enough to know this. In most everywhere I've ever been. If you got the guts to preach it, they got the guts to live it. We're not hurting for saints that want to live for God, are we? We're hurting for preachers that are not afraid to give them the buck. Like Brother Chance gave it to them a while ago. As long as the preachers are preaching, the saints will live it. If your church getting worldly, it's cause you ain't preaching. My grass only gets high when I don't cut it. My body only gets dirty when I don't wash it. But as long as I preach, my church is going to be holy. My people are going to be pure. My people are going to be righteous. church and if you'll preach you can go home when church is over you won't spend the night in your office well darling uh, let's have a little counseling session does the Bible say God had chosen through the foolishness of counseling to save them that believe. Right. Saints, if you'll pay attention to the preacher, you won't need to take up an extra hour after church. You may be seen. place where it was written. <laughs> Go ahead. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach. The Spirit's on me. He's anointed me. To preach. I am anointed to preach. Every pastor in the building jump up and shout, I'm anointed to preach. I'm anointed to preach. I'm not anointed to make money. I'm not anointed to be rich. I'm not anointed to be popular. I'm anointed to preach, 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 preach. Thank you, brother. Now, we're going to get into Jesus' portfolio. Like that revival like he had. We're going to study his outlines. Because Jesus tells us here, what he preached. Looking for a sermon? Get your notepad out. I'm going to give you about five. They work too. Because this is what Jesus preached, not me. It's what he preached. 
Why? Why did he preach? The gospel to the poor. He has sent me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. God have mercy on Pentecost when the poor folks ain't welcome. When the dudes get the front row and the bums don't even get a handshake. I want you to know half these preachers wouldn't be in the church today if somebody hadn't have preached the gospel to the poor. One of our... Hello. One of our... There we go. One of our pastors... Move over that monitor. I'll slide over here. Better stand up. These folks can't see. One of our pastors told me this story of how that he was on his knees, Brother Kratt. And he was praying. He wasn't praying. He's having a pity party. Oh, God. God. All I got is poor people in my church. All I got is dingbats. Brother Grisham says, like produces like. God. All I got is a bunch of Lulus. God, Brother So-and-So's got a doctor in his church. He's got a lawyer in his church. Brother So-and-So's got an architect in his church. Brother So-and-So's got a professor in his church. God, all I got is these dingbats. I don't have no doctors and lawyers and professors in my church. And he said, God spoke to him plainly and said, Me either. He said, now, wait a minute, God. Now, I know brother so-and-so has got a doctor by name. And I know he's got the Holy Ghost and I know he's living for God. Don't tell me he's not in the church. The Lord said, son, what you don't understand is, I don't have doctors and lawyers and professors in my church. All I've got is souls. God doesn't label them. And if you really want a revival, quit labeling souls. Preach the gospel to every creature. reason some people's church doesn't grow is because they think they're the inspector at the door to decide who can come in, who can't come in. He sent us to preach the gospel to whosoever will. If they're all ugly and poor and stinky, we still got to bring them into the church. Now, they will change. They will change. You'll see to that. Read. Sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Our world and our churches are full of brokenhearted people. And we need to preach what Sister Wolf sings. They need to meet the heart. And when they come to our churches, we need to preach to the brokenhearted. They're on everybody's pews. Read. To preach deliverance to the captives. Preach deliverance to the captives. Tell them they don't have to be bound. I can show you a lady in Raleigh, and all you pastors can do the same. She came to our altars, one of the first ones that came to the altar when we got there. And she said, oh, brother, honey, I want to live for God, but I can't. And let me tell you the main reason your church is full to, not full today, and mine is not full, is not because people don't want to. Oh, she did. <laughs> I can't give up these pants, that lady says. You can. I can't live holy. You can. I can't be straight. You can. Somebody's got to preach deliverance to them. 
What else do we need to preach? And recovering of the sight to the blind. Recovering of sight to the blind. Physically and spiritually. Read. And to set at liberty them that are bruised. And I want to park just here just a moment. And to set at liberty yes. them that are bruised. I'm going to preach to the saints just a little bit while I cover this with our ministry. Pastor, you want to know why some of your people won't do their very best for God? You want to know why they won't reach that high level you want them to be in? You know why they won't give it everything they got? Yes, they're in the church. Yes, they're full of the Holy Ghost. Yes, they're living holy. But you see, they're bruised. And if bruises won't bind you and bound you, why did Jesus say you'd have to set the bruised at liberty? Why didn't he say heal them? He said set them at liberty. Now, if I haul back and bust Brother Dylan in the left eye, he's taller than me and his arms are longer. I'd have to get him when he wasn't looking. But if I got him, what? Tomorrow, I may kiss him. Please forgive me. Holy kiss. That's, a, that's awesome. I didn't hit him on tomorrow. But on tomorrow, he's got a black eye. He didn't get hit that day. But he still bears the marks of what happened yesterday. And our churches are loaded with bruised souls and bruised spirits. Not because they hadn't been born again. Not because they're not right with God. But the devil gave them some spiritual black eyes. And that keeps them from going as far with God as they want to go. But I want to tell you today, Saint, not only will he save you, he'll set you at liberty, them that are bruised. What time is it? Let me. Can I take time to do this? I want to take time to do this. I feel like it's necessary. Now, I won't embarrass you. But if you're here today, and every time you really get ready to do something big for God, the devil holds something in your past over you. Would you stand up? Just keep standing. Every time you get ready to really, ready to really make a dedication, the devil says, look in the mirror. You got a bruised eye. Look in the mirror. You got a red cheek, Christ left you. Some of you, it's marriage relationships. It's illicit affairs that you had back before you came to God. It's, it's problems in the past. Jesus said, I have been anointed to set at liberty every one of you that are bruised. In the name of Jesus, I'm asking the anointing of the Holy Ghost to set at liberty every one of you here today that are bruised. And when you leave this camp, go ahead and do what you want to do for God. You're free. Go ahead and be what you want to be for God. You're free. The anointing will set at liberty them that are bruised. Finish. You may be seated. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. 
preach. And he closed the book. Shut the book. And he gave it again to the minister. And he gave it back. Whoa. Gave it back to the preacher. For 33 and a half years. Jesus had the book. He was the book. The book made flesh. And he preached it. But at Pentecost, he said to Peter, Take the book. At Pentecost, he said, Take the book. Take your book. Take your book. Get your book. He gave the book to the minister. And he sat down. Yes, he did. Now it's up to you, fellas. All right. Do it. Do it now. The book's in your hand. He gave it to the minister. He gave it to the minister. Now, let me show you what he told them. Luke 16. Brother Travis, you be Jesus. got to get down here. You don't preach unless you get to where the people are. Mm-hmm. You ain't telling it unless somebody's hearing it. I said you ain't telling it unless somebody's hearing it. You're not leading unless somebody's following. And you're not telling it unless somebody's hearing it. Read. The Lord working with them. The Lord was working with them. Go ahead. And confirming the word. And the Lord confirmed the word. With signs following. With signs following. You know what that meant? Jesus said, I'm going to make an agreement with my preachers. If you'll preach it, I'll go with you and I'll do it. Whatever you preach I can do, I'll do it. I promise you. If you'll preach it, I'll not let you down. I won't let you be a liar. If you'll preach it, I'll do it. Preach me great, I'll be great. Preach me powerful, I'll be powerful. Preach me wonderful, I'll be wonderful. Preach me mighty, I'll be mighty. You know what that tells me? All I've got to do, if this man is sick, is preach it. By his stripes, you are healed. And watch Jesus. Be free in the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Behold in the name of Jesus. Have revival in the name of Jesus. Shake your city in the name of Jesus. Receive anointing in the name of Jesus. Receive gifts in the name of Jesus. Receive revival in the name of Jesus. He said, if I'd preach it, he would perform it. Let's everybody stand. Jesus said, if you'll preach it, I'll perform it. I don't have to be in a man's church long to know what he's preaching. All right. Because <laughs> whatever he's preaching, it's going to be there. You don't plant corn and get beans. And God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth. 
That's how they also reap. It may be underground for a little while, but after a while it's going to grow. And you'll know whether he planted peas or corn. Pass by the field. Preachers, we got to go home and tell them they can. The devil's telling them they can't. The world's telling them they can't. Their flesh is telling them they can't. We've got to go home and tell them they can. Live for God. Overcome sin. Live holy. Be rapture ready. Have joy. Have peace. Be healed. I said they can. Amos. Thus saith the Lord, as the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion. Shepherds, raise your hands. Here's what you're going to find when you go home to your city. We're not going to convert them in this generation. Spiritual Hercules. They don't come into our churches out of the spiritual Nautilus, ready to pump Holy Ghost weights, set track records for speed. When we get them, here's the way they're going to look. Take out the mouth of the lion, two legs. If you get them, you're going to have to fight for them. You're going to have to fight for them. If you don't like lion breath, you'll never have a growing church. If you're too good to have cigarette smoke blown in your face, you'll never have revival. If you're too holy to smell liquor, you'll never have revival. If you're a chicken... You're going to have a hard time getting in the mouth of that lion. <laughs> you're not going to want to do that. I mean, you've got to come nose to nose with the devil. You've got to come face to face, and he's going to shout, They're mine! They're mine. They're mine. They're mine. They're mine. They're mine. They're mine. They will live for God. No. They will be. No. Saved. They will go down. No. If you're going to save souls, you're going to have to hit the devil head on. You're going to walk right into hell and drag them out. And when you get there, here's what you're going to find. Or a piece of an ear. This is all that's going to be left in 85. Every time you win a soul, that's about all you get. Two legs and a piece of an ear. There's not much left of them in 85. When they come into our churches, there just isn't much left. They've been ravaged by drugs. They've been torn by sin. They've been devastated by corruption. Just two legs and a piece of an ear. But a real shepherd will feel like that's all right. That's all. Will feel like that's enough to fight for. A real shepherd will feel like that's enough to fight for. If they got a piece of an ear to hear and a couple legs that won't walk, they're candidates for this Holy Ghost. Because all they got to do is hear it and be ready to walk in it. And there's none of them too far gone. This gospel can save to the uttermost. This gospel can reach to the uttermost. Preach to him, preacher. Preach to him, preacher. Tell him he loves them. Tell him he'll forgive them. Tell him he'll change them. 
tell him he can make it all right. Tell him he'll make the difference. Because whatever you preach, he promised you. I'll do it. Won't you bow your heads and close your eyes? pastors would step out today, evangelists and preachers, and I'm not, please, I'm not trying to say I know, I'm just trying to say what we need to do, because I, I, I've certainly preached to myself, I want to preach to them, I want to preach a message that'll save them, I want to preach a message that'll change them, I want to preach a message that'll tell them they can make it. You want God to anoint you with a Jesus ministry. Would you come forward? I told you about a Jesus ministry. Would you read it again in Luke 4? This is a Jesus ministry. God, give me a Jesus ministry. Yeah, read it. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And here is a Jesus ministry. Because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. Preach deliverance to captives. And the recovering of sight to the blind. Recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. Set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Read. And he closed the book. And he gave it again to the minister. And sat down. It's finished. If you'll preach it. Would you lift your hands and let's ask God to give us a Jesus ministry. Anoint me with a Jesus ministry. So I can shake my city. So I can shake my state. So we can reach the world together. from God again today, there's no doubt. It, uh, it amazes me how that God can take us a step at the time until he finally brings us to the place 
that he brings to fruition the dreams of our life. And I think one of the keys that's been one of the uh, thoughts that's been projected throughout this camp meeting, we become a channel. We become a channel through which the richer and the deeper and the better things of God flow. Not into us to bless, but through us to bless. Freely you've received, freely give. Someone made mention of the beautiful spirit of unity. And I think it was Brother Townley that said to someone when they were comparing our district to others, he said, we're not in competition with any other district. And I want that to be official today. What's happening is not to try to compete with some other district. To God be the glory for what's happening. The brethren of this state are not simply praying for revival in their own local church. We're praying for revival in the entire state. We're praying for revival in the nation and in the world. It's not that we rejoice simply because God's doing something in our local church. If you're having revival, we all rejoice. If you're having revival, we all rejoice. And what Brother Huntley has brought us just now will help us not simply to have revival this week and part of next week, but this will bring continuing revival. And that was the intent. I think that's in the womb of the Spirit that we would continue to see revival after we leave here. Hallelujah. I've never seen it happen before. I've never heard of it happening before. It was not in anybody's mind, but in the mind of the Spirit. We'll be back here Sunday. We'll have service tonight. There will be no service Saturday and Saturday night or Sunday morning. But we will all be back here from across this state Sunday evening at 6 o'clock and continual camp meeting revival. Praise God. We'll be back here Monday from 10 till 2, Monday night, Tuesday, Tuesday night. Camp meeting revival 85 continues on next week. Say praise the Lord. There's preachers that are saying, I'm chartering buses. I'll have them here by the busload Sunday night. Last night, out of this huge, vast audience of people, it must have been 80% or more, maybe more than that, that were rejoiced and thrilled that we were going on through Tuesday night with this camp meeting revival.